Very good. Thank you so much. Uh, it's great to be here and to share with you tonight. So we've been doing this series. Um, <clears throat> it's a church-wide series that we started a little while ago in James, and it's just been uh, so powerful uh, looking at, at, at James, the book of James. And uh, he, he's a straight shooter. There's no doubt about it. He just says it as it is, and it's been quite a powerful um, series. And if, you, if you're in a connect group, we've just found it so powerful in our connect group as well, just going through this together. It's been very, very uh, awesome. And so we're up to um, James 5, which is the last chapter of James. So there's this week and then uh, we finish up uh, next week. But I wanna read these Scriptures to you as we look at this, continuing on from last week. James 5, verses 7 to 11. I think we might read through this first and then I'll go from there. But it says this, if it comes up on the screen, be patient, this is James writing here, writing to the church. He says this, he says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. You too be patient and, oh sorry, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you too will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. A very powerful uh, piece of Scripture here. So as mentioned, we've been going through James and uh, today as we look at this, it's uh, somewhat clear that part of the crux of these few verses that James is speaking to the church about is really about patient endurance, uh, a quality that is so important, that patient endurance, that patient uh, perseverance is so key. And he's saying to the church, he's saying, hey, listen, just keep persevering, keep enduring, keep standing firm uh, in the faith. I remember uh, quite a few years ago now when I was uh, younger, maybe it was uh, late primary school or something like that, I remember I was really excited about getting this particular push bike that I really wanted. And it was like this BMX bike. We'd gone and looked at different shops and things like that. And I was really set on this particular bike. And my dad, which at the time I didn't quite understand, but I'm thankful for now. But my dad was very big on this, this idea of, of just kind of learning delayed gratification, which in our culture today, we probably don't see as much anymore in our culture, when it, particularly when it comes to buying, you know, material possessions and things like that. There's this, you know, this, uh, I suppose, concept around uh, credit cards, you can just, or, or, or interest-free payments. If you want something, you can just buy it. Like basically, you can just get it. I think I even saw a billboard advertised recently, even your holidays now, you don't even need to pay anything up front. You can go on whatever holiday you want, spend, I don't know how much, you know, you could spend $30,000 on a nice holiday and you don't even have to pay up front. Uh, Flight Centre or Webjet or whoever will cover it. Obviously, you'll have to pay interest on that and you'll be paying for that for the next you know, few years or whatever, working off your holiday. But you can just, you want something, you deserve it, so you just do it. And so there's this kind of sense of delayed gratification is a little bit lost to some degree. But my dad instilled this principle into us and he would often say to us, uh, you need to save and then you can buy it. You cannot buy something until you've got the money to buy it. And at the time I just thought this, oh man, like, dad, you've got the money, like just buy it for me and I'll pay you back, you know what I mean? And, and I remember getting, uh, coming up to school holidays and that's the time when you're just kind of at home and you feel bored and there's nothing to do. 
And my dad was adamant that I needed to save this money uh, to buy this BMX bike. Well, you can imagine the first couple of days and the holidays, I was just bored and I really wanted to just get this bike. And my dad was like, no, you don't have the money yet. You've got to save up for the money and uh, all this sort of stuff. Now, I'm very thankful. If, you, if you're watching mum and dad, I am thankful, dad, for that. But, uh, but at the time, at the time, I just, I just couldn't get around it. And I thought, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm just bored. I just felt bored. I wanna get this bike and I don't yet have enough money. And so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll go to a bit more of the soft touch, which was my mum. And uh, I'll just hit her up and just try and weave my way in through my mum. So then what I did was I went to my mum and I said, Mum, like, I'm so bored and there's nothing to do. If I had a bike, if I had a bike, I wouldn't be bored. I wouldn't be standing here complaining to you. Like, I just, like, can you just talk to dad, you know? Like, can you just talk to dad about it? And she's sort of like, oh, all right, I'll talk to your father. And I knew, okay, here we go. There's a foot in the door here. Uh, the moment she said that sentence, I'll talk to your father about it. And she came back, she said, no, your father's pretty adamant. You've got to save up the money, then you can get the bike. And I, so, so you know, it's amazing. When you really want something, you get creative. It's amazing. You do, you just get creative. So I thought, okay, what, do I, what am I gonna have to do here? And so then I thought of this idea and I went to my dad and said, all right, dad, how much is it worth to mow this lawn? What's that gonna, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mow the lawn. How much will I get paid for that? And he goes, oh, okay. And, and then said, okay, what about these windows? I'll clean the windows. How much should I get, um, you know, money for that? And we went through all these different things and I was able to kind of, you know, get the money and then get my, uh, get my bike and ride it around those holidays. And it was, um, it, was ama- it was thrilling. That's what it was. I was excited to get my BMX bike that I just, I didn't wanna wait for. But I had to wait a, a little while. And there's this, this powerful thing about delayed gratification that sometimes the wait is quite powerful. Sometimes waiting for something, the, the thrill is so much better, so much stronger at the end of just waiting patiently for something. And here James is telling the church and he says to you and he says to me tonight, there is power. There's something powerful about patient endurance. There's something in you and there's something in me that we just, we just go, I just, want it. I just want it now. I just want to see God do what, do what you're gonna do now. I, I, just need receive, I just need to see results now. But God says to you and He says to me, patient endurance is key. I'm doing something in the midst of this and you need to stand firm. You need to stand firm. See, see the opposite part of this is, is this also is that for some of you, you come and you have been enduring. Some of you come this, uh, tonight and you have been patient and there's a tendency or there's something in you that you just feel like, I'm done. I'm done. I, I just wanna give up. I'm just finished with this. I, 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 don't, wanna, I don't wanna do this uh, anymore. I don't wanna be patient. I don't wanna endure anymore. I quit. I'm finished. I throw in the towel. And what James says here is be patient. Be patient. One of, the under, one of the ways of understanding why James begins to write this to this church is realising what he is calling you and me into. You see, as I mentioned before, he's very clear in, in the high calling that he's calling the church to. There's issues in this church as James writes this letter to them. There's issues there and throughout his letter, he writes and he's basically saying to them, God has called you to a higher caller of a, a, a higher calling, a, a higher standard of living that He wants you to live by. It's different to, to the things of this world. It's, it's something, uh, it's, a, it's a moral standard He wants you to live by. But the reason he writes this is because he understands and he knows that if you live like that though, there will be, a sense of the world kind of looking in going, there will be difficulties that arise. 
There will be people that say, why are you living like that? Why are you living in that moral standard? So he's saying this to encourage them. He understands that as James has said, hey, I want you to live, or as God is saying to you and to this church, hey, I want you to live by this standard. He recognised that with that will come trials, that with that will come difficulties, that people will look on and say, why are you doing that? Why are you living like that? And you know what that's like. I mean, let's be honest, every single one of us knows what it's like to go through trials and difficulties and face uh, temptations, uh, to have others look in and go, you know, what, why would you do that? Or why would, you, why would you live like that? For some of you know what that's like because you come tonight and maybe there's difficulties at school or you've, you've tried to persevere and endure. You've tried to be patient around uh, peer pressure at school. And there's been people that have said, just, just look at this or just do that. Or why would you care so much about that situation? But God has called you to a higher standard of living. And there's a conviction in your heart. And a conviction says, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. And, there's, and you've maybe come tonight and thought, why am I doing this? Why am I bothering this? I give up. I quit. It's too hard. But God says to you tonight, don't give up. Don't give up patient endurance. You'll see what I'm going to do. You'll see what I'm going to do through your life if you are willing to patiently endure and to not quit. For some of you, you've been tempted at times to do something dodgy in business or with finances. People have looked at the way that you've been generous around finances as we heard last week. Why would you, why would you live like that? There's a temptation for you to go, oh, I'm done, I, I don't wanna do this anymore. Maybe you've prayed for somebody. Deep within your soul, there's a, there's a pain and a suffering for those that don't know Christ. It's a family member, it's a friend, it's a mum or dad, a brother or sister, an auntie or an uncle, a close friend of yours that you've prayed for year after year after year. And there's this sense in which God, where, where's the breakthrough gonna come? When's it gonna happen? And you're tempted to say, I don't even know if this prayer works. I don't even know if God's listening. It seems like there'll be no breakthrough. And God says, don't give up. Patient endurance, patient endurance. It's often the moments where we're willing, it's often the moments that we're tempted to give up and quit where the wave of blessing is just around the corner. Don't give up, don't quit, don't throw in the towel. Patient endurance. And James calls you and to me and he says this, he says, you're to live a counter-cultural life in the world in which you live. As the world gets darker, you are to shine brighter. But it's gonna be tough and it's gonna be difficult. And so he says, it's going to require patient endurance. Some of you come tonight and it's a word deep within your soul because you just think, I'm done. I don't know if I can take another step. I don't know if I wanna do this any further. God says to you tonight, do not quit. Don't quit. I was very thankful and I know many of you know my story and stuff like that, but part of my story is the fact that when I first came to this church and I'm very thankful to a friend of mine um, because really my life has been transformed. I owe so much to him and his patient endurance but God had revealed himself to me over a period of a year and I really got to a point I knew God was real, but I still ne never set foot into a church. And 
you know, this friend of mine that was influential in kind of talking to me about faith and things like that up until that point, still never stepped foot into a church and at around 18 and a half or whatever, uh, he rang me, he would ring me on Sunday afternoons. And like, I was terrified of going to church, you know what I mean? And some of you are watching online, maybe you're observing and you're checking church out because, you know, what are they gonna do in church? And that's how I felt. Like, I was literally terrified. What are they gonna do? Like, are they gonna have the pews and the candles and the guy in the white robe? But the, you know, like what, like, what on earth? I was, I was petrified. Like, there's no way I can go. But, you know, I'm so grateful, so thankful because that mate of mine that was really used by God, influential and sharing with me, he rang me on, on Sunday afternoon. He said, mate, you know, all those years ago, he said, oh, I'm gonna, you know, come to church, come to church with me. And I just flat out said, no way. Like, I don't wanna go to church. Like, I've got no idea what's gonna happen there. I, I would feel like awkward. I've never stepped foot into church in my whole life. I just don't know how this is gonna unfold. And so I just knocked him back. There's no way I'm going. The following Sunday, he rang me again, Sunday afternoon, come to church with me tonight. I said, no way. I'm not going to church. I, I, it's just far too awkward, far too scary. Honestly, it's far too scary for me. The next Sunday, Sunday afternoon, he rang me again. Now, you would think, like, how, how long would he do this for? The next Sunday afternoon, he rings again. Next Sunday, I just knocked him back, knocked him back. Next Sunday afternoon, he rings again. Three months. Three months, he rang me for three months in a row, come to church with me, come to church with me. By the end of it, I must admit, I definitely got sick of it. And I was, I was getting worn down, absolutely. And I got to a point where I thought, oh my goodness, maybe I should just go to get him off my back. But I was still not willing. And then one Sunday afternoon after three months, he says, mate, I don't care what you say. I'm coming to your house now. I'm picking you up. I'm putting you in the car and I'm taking you to church with me. Now, it's a funny story, but I'm so grateful. Do you know how grateful I am for that? for the perseverance, for the perseverance of that. So grateful. And I think about the way, I think about my courage today and it is so, I'm such a coward in comparison to, to, to my mate and, and his, his boldness in that. I know that, you know, I, I get kind of, oh no, if, if I invite someone to church and say, mate, I'm not interested, I don't wanna go to church, go, oh no, like, oh, woe is me. Like my poor pride is damaged. Just over once. But what's the soul worth? What's the soul worth? And I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful for three months, the patient endurance to ring and go, no, you're coming. No, I'm not, I don't wanna borrow of it. The patient endurance. And there's been moments you've thought, oh, I, I can't do it, I'm not doing this anymore. But God calls you into me and He says, patient endurance is key. Don't quit, don't give up, don't stop calling, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. The breakthrough is on the way. The breakthrough is on the way. He says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Why does he mention the Lord's coming is because the hope in God is so extraordinary in our lives. There's a temptation for you to go, I, I just, I cannot envision a breakthrough in this area. You've thought that, you've thought that. I just can't envision anything taking place in this area, the breakthrough happening. But James reminds us, hey, the Lord is coming. That, that, that one day all the pain, all the suffering, all the heartache that we go through in this life, that one day God is gonna set it right. The Word of God says that nothing is impossible for Him. Nothing is impossible for God. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. 
There's a degree in which the farmer plants, the farmer does what he can do, but then there's a time where all he can do is trust, that he has to wait. And there's a time in our lives as well that we need to just trust and wait on God. We, can, we do what we need to do. And then a time we say, okay, God, it's up to you now. I trust you, I trust you. And that's difficult, that's hard. The reason is, is because you wanna be in control of your life. That's how I feel too. I wanna be in control of my life. That's just the reality. There's this, this thing that's built in us, this human nature where we just go, I, I wanna be in control. It's why it's so difficult for some of you to surrender your heart to Christ. You, you know all about it, you know the information, but you still aren't willing. And part of it, and I get it, that's, that's, I get it. Part of it is the fact, because you don't wanna give over control, right? Like that's part of it. You, you feel like you'll miss out. I don't wanna surrender my life to Christ. You know, how will it look? What will, it, what will unfold? You're surrendering your control of your life over to Him. It, it, there's something in us that we, we don't wanna do that. But there's a trust that we need to know that, hey, God's a good Father. That yes, I need to patiently endure it. I can trust Him through this. That, that maybe what is happening here is not just in vain, but He's actually doing something in it. He's doing something in it. I know some of you heard the story, but I was reminded even back in my apprenticeship days, and I just found it so painful and so difficult in those days. I'd just become a Christian. and Sorry, I'd started my apprenticeship. Then I became a Christian. I had a, you know, my life was really changed. And and I just got oh, like ridiculed every single day for being a Christian. And I just, it was so painful for me. And I'd drive home just going, God, you've got to get me out of here. Like you have to get me. There's heaps of other builders I could work for. Just why can't I go and find another apprenticeship? And every day I'd drive home and God said, I want you to stay. I want you to stay. And I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't get it. I didn't know why. But hindsight's a powerful thing. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm thankful I obeyed that. I'm glad I just woke up every morning and said, God, you've got to help me. You, I need your strength and your empowerment today. I don't know if I can do another day. But it was just one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. And all of a sudden, four years goes by and you're like, wow, where did that time go? Patient endurance. But you know, it's funny because God is always working. We think, God, what are you doing? And we don't always see it, but He's always at work and building the resilience up in my life. The spiritual growth through that time is extraordinary. Patient endurance, He grows us and He builds us and He changes us and He's forming you in the midst of it. It's not in vain. He's forming you and He's doing something in you. There's a great quote by Hudson Taylor. It says, at the timber line where the storms strike with the most fury, the sturdiest trees are found. He's doing something in you. He's building you up. He's growing you and forming your character. But what it might require is patient endurance to go through that. And James says, continuing on in verse eight, you too be patient and stand firm. Underline there, I underline, stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The Lord's coming is near. You know, it's interesting because I was, as I was thinking about that, I thought, wow, we talk about, oh, God's coming soon, God's coming. Are we prepared? Are we ready for God to return? And that, it made me wonder like how, they must have thought, okay, so Jesus was crucified. He rose again after three days and it talks about He's coming back. Like, I wonder how, like, is that like another few days maybe? Like, you know, a few weeks, a few months, like surely not a few years, like three years, surely not. And here we are 2,000 years later, but patient endurance is what He calls us to. And the hope is that He is coming. He is coming. 
We need to keep pressing on. And you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a ministry thing. Maybe it's uh, something God's laid on your heart to do and you just think, okay, I've been doing that for a little while, God. I don't, I don't know, I'm not seeing the fruit that I thought I would see. You know, what, what are you doing in the midst of this? And God says to you, keep, keep persevering, keep pressing on. Like I said earlier, often, I feel like often the moments where you're just most tempted to give up and quit is, is often that, that very powerful moment where the, where the wave of blessing is to flow. You don't know what's around the corner. You know, um, I was just reflecting a little bit and, you know, I, my, um, on Wednesday nights we have Young Adults Connect Group here, but on Tuesday nights my wife and I, we run Connect Group for that 23 plus young adults bracket at our house on Tuesday nights. And we've got three little kids and it's hard to understand if you don't have kids, but uh, the afternoons can be pretty full on, particularly in the afternoons and getting dinner and bathing kids and putting them to bed and all that sort of stuff. And so Tuesday nights, it's like, we're basically trying to you know, get them organised up in bed and connect group starts. And sometimes people are just coming through our door while we're still upstairs and trying to get the kids to sleep and all that sort of stuff. And that's great, that's fine. They can just make themselves at home or whatever and eventually we come down. Uh, but um, uh, but it's, it's, it's a full on day. And then Wednesday comes by and, we, and then I'm gone early. I'm here uh, Wednesday night run, you know, doing some connect group stuff here with young adults. And my wife runs a connect group for you know, high schoolers, girls in high school. And there's been moments where, you know, particularly for my wife on Wednesday afternoon, she's got the kids all day and, and you know, we have Tuesday night and Wednesday night and, and it's a mad rush on Wednesday night for her too because I'm, I'm gone earlier and then she's trying to do that on her own and then organise the kids, put them down and then the girls group starts even earlier and so she's still upstairs and, you know, there's been moments where she's just thought, oh, I don't know, like, 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 and it's just, she's just tired. She's just exhausted from some really big days back to back every single week. And she's like, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, like, I wonder if, you know, is God really working here? And, I, and there's been moments, are you kidding me? The very reason you're saying that is the very reason you've got to keep doing this. You've got to keep doing it. The, the impact you're having in those young girls' lives, like, is so vital, so important, so important. And sure enough, by the end of the night, you know, she's, she's just, you know, excited and pumped up from an awesome night of Connect Group and connecting with these girls and some of the stories that come out of this and some of it, sometimes you don't even hear these stories for years later, years later. Patient endurance is so key. Keep pressing forward and you don't always see the impact, you know, that night or that day or that week or that month. Sometimes it takes years and you hear the stories and go, wow, that's what you were doing, God, in the midst of that. That's what you were doing. Some of you have been tempted to go, I'm done, I'm finished, I don't wanna do this anymore. If it's a call from God, I'm not sure if we have a choice. We're either gonna be obedient or not. We're either in or we're out. Now, if, if you're not called to it, then that's a different matter. But if you know that this is what God wants you to do, patient endurance, patient endurance. So James says, stand firm because the Lord's come, coming is near. There's a story I came across and uh, it's in a book by, um, Nikki Gumbel writes this book, it's uh, Alpha uh, Life, it's called Alpha um, Questions on Life. And he says this story that he'd come across a story, I think, but it says, there's a story told about a man during the war who was shot and laying dying in the trenches. A friend le leaned over to him and asked, is there anyone I can send a message to, uh, anyone I can send a message to for you? The dying soldier mustered his remaining strength and said, yes, you can send a message to this man at this address. Tell him that in my last minutes, what he taught me as a child is helping me to die. The man was his old Sunday school teacher. When the message got back to him, he said, God, 
forgive me. I gave up on Sunday school teaching years ago because I thought I was getting nowhere. I thought it was no use. Sometimes that's how we feel. We think, I don't even know if this is having any sort of an impact, but you just don't know the impact that you are having. Patient endurance is what God calls us to. And James says, don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. You know, when I first read this, I was like, it just seems to me like here's a verse wedged in between this really clear passage of James calling people to patient endurance. But I realised in the midst of this, there are times where it's so easy to, to judge others around this and to go, oh, you know, they're not pulling their weight or what are they doing and all this sort of stuff. Now, there's no doubt because of that, it causes disunity within the body, absolutely. But I think it also can cause a distraction around the mission that God has called you to as well. Rather than focusing on what we need to be doing, what He's called us to, we can focus on others and then be distracted by it. James says here, don't, don't, don't be distracted. Don't, don't grumble towards others. Don't criticise others in the midst of this. There's a uh, famous story uh, from a book called uh, Bits and Pieces. And there's a story about Florence Chadwick and she was the first woman to swing the English, swim the English Channel in both directions. On the 4th of July in 1951, she attempted to swim from Catalina Island to California coast. The challenge was not so much the distance, but the bone chilling waters of the Pacific. To complicate matters, a dense fog lay over the entire area, making it impossible for her to see land. After about 15 hours in the water, it's a big swim. After about 15 hours in the water and within half a mile of her goal, uh, Chadwick gave up. Later she told a reporter, look, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I might've made it. Not long afterwards, she attempted the feat again. And once more, a misty veil obscured the coastline and she couldn't see the shore. But this time, she made it because she kept reminding herself that the land was there. Sometimes we can get clouded. Sometimes our vision of what God is calling us to can get clouded and we think, God, I'm done, I give up, I quit. But God is calling you and me to hold on. You don't realise that maybe the wave and the breakthrough that we so desperately need is just around the corner. Brothers and sisters, Jane says, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. What the Lord finally brought about. You know the story of Job or you may be familiar with it. But here Job is, it just seems like he's got this extraordinary blessed life and Satan comes to uh, God and says, of course he values you. Of course he honours you. Of course he lives faithfully uh, to you. It's because he's got no suffering or heartache in his life. Let me, let me just do some stuff to him and I guarantee you he'll curse you, guarantee you. And God says, okay, I'll, I'll allow that to happen, but do not kill Job. And all these afflictions come on Job. It's an extraordinary journey, but he refuses, he refuses uh, to curse God. Even his wife is complaining and grumbling, saying, curse God and, and, and die. But Job holds on. And here James is referring to this Old Testament story of Job and he talks about the old prophets, uh, some of the saints and the heroes that have gone before us that have stood firm, patient endurance in the midst of suffering and heartache. And in the same way, 
God has got extraordinary things for your life. He wants to bring breakthrough in areas of your life, but He's calling you and to me to patient endurance. Patient endurance. It's a spiritual battle as well. There's a spiritual component to this as well. Of course, all of hell's army is against you. If God wants to bring breakthrough in your life, are you, are you kidding? Of course, all of hell's army is against it. And, and probably at the very moment when the spiritual breakthrough is gonna come, it's probably at its worst. Probably at its worst. Jim Simbala says this. He says, I learned as never before that persistent calling upon the Lord breaks through every stronghold of the devil. For nothing is impossible with God. For Christians in these troubled times, there is simply no other way, he says. No other way. Patient endurance. You know, the amount of times that people have come down and responded maybe in a message and they've been very moved and impacted by the Holy Spirit through the service. And there have been so many times as have opportunity to pray for them And they say afterwards, they say, you know, it's funny because I nearly didn't come today. I nearly didn't come. And I say to them, I say, that's the very reason you needed to be here. There'll often be times where you think, oh, I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. I don't have the the strength to go, to be there, to go to the prayer meeting, to do whatever God's called you to do. I don't have the strength. And it's the very reason you need to go because it's probably the breakthrough that you need. Probably the breakthrough that you need. And James says this. James says, and the the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. We We need His compassion. We need His mercy. We need God's empowerment to endure to endure. I came across this um, story of John Wesley. Now, John Wesley was powerfully used by God. You know, John Wesley and his brother and uh, George Whitfield, all a similar time, but they were used so influentially by God to bring about probably one of the greatest awakenings and revivals in all of history. If you've ever read anything about them. And there was this resolve in their heart that if they could do something, they would do it. There was just this willingness that they would not give up. They would not quit. They would not, uh, yeah, they wouldn't give up this, this patient endurance that they had. But you know, I came across this, it was almost like a diary or a journal entry of John Wesley that I came across this afternoon. This is incredible. He says this, he says, just very short, brief. Uh, he, he jotted this down. He says, Sunday a.m. May 12th. Sunday AM May 12th, preached in St. Jude's. Uh, sorry, oh no, sorry, let me start down here. Sunday AM May 5 it is. Sunday AM May 5, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday PM May 5, same Sunday, a night service by the look of it, preached at St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday AM May 12, preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday a.m. the following week on May 19, he says, preach at St. Somebody Else's. And he says, deacons called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. May 19, preach on, uh, he decided to preach on the street and he got kicked off the street. 
Sunday AM, May 26th, the following week, it says he preached in a meadow and was chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. On Sunday AM, June 2, it says he preached out of the edge of town and he was kicked off the highway. Finally, Sunday PM, same afternoon, June 2, it says, afternoon preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came out to hear. There are times where we just think, I give up, I quit, I'm done. And some of you are in that very place, but patience, endurance is what God calls you and me to. Patient endurance, don't quit, don't give up, don't give up. I wanna read a final story to you before we close in prayer, but this is a story in a book by Charles Swindoll. It's a book about Joseph actually, but it's by Thomas Edison. Now, Thomas Edison was used powerfully to, uh, uh, to invent the, the light bulb as well as many other things. But it says this, uh, one December evening, the cry, and this is, I think, his son that is retelling this story. One December evening, the cry of fire echoed through the plant. Spontaneous combustion had broken out in the film room and within moments, all the packing compounds, celluloid for, uh, for records, film and other flammable goods had gone up with a whoosh. When I couldn't find father, this is his son talking about his father, Thomas Edison. When I couldn't find father, I became concerned. Was he safe? With all these assets going up in smoke, would his spirit be broken? He was 67 years old, no age to begin anew. Then I saw him in the plant yard running toward me. Can you believe it? Can you, uh, running toward me. He says this, where's mum? He shouted, go get her. Tell her to get her friends. They'll never see a fire like this again. Can you believe it? His son uh, responds, can you believe it? Rather than saying, oh God, what did I do deserve this? 67 years I've faithfully lived my life and this is what I get in return. He says, hey son, get your mother. This is one unbelievable sight. Look at that fire. Edison's son continues, at 5.30 a.m. the next morning, when the fire was barely under control, he called his employees together and announced, we're rebuilding. One man was told to lease all the machine shops in the area, another to obtain a wrecking crane from the Erie Railroad Company. And then almost as an afterthought, he added, Oh, by the way, anybody know where we can get some money? Later on, he explained, you can always make capital out of disaster. We've just cleared out a bunch of old rubbish. We'll build bigger and better on these ruins. And with that, he rolled up his coat for a pillow, curled up on a table and immediately fell asleep. It's a powerful story. And if you know that he basically did rebuild and continue to do extraordinary things. Powerful story of, Patient endurance. You know, in the same way, some of you come tonight and you just feel like I'm done and I give up and I quit. But God says to you, don't quit, don't give up, don't give up. Andrew shared this story in the 4.30 and I just, uh, sorry, four o'clock, but he shared this story at the end and I think it's a powerful story because you know, you've heard the saying, oh, you know, just a thousand miles begins with a step. But literally, you may not know this about Pastor Andrew, but he literally walked one time from Cairns to Stanthorpe. That's a decent walk, right? Two, roughly 2,000 uh, kilometres uh, he walked. And uh, basically he wanted to bring um, awareness 
around the 2,000 languages in the world that don't have uh, Bibles written in their language. And so himself and two other mates decided to bring awareness and they decided to walk from Cairns uh, to Stanthorpe, uh, 2,000 kilometres. And he said, you know, someone came to him and said, like, you know, how, how, how did you do that? Like, that's an incredible. And he said, no, I agree. He said, when I first heard about the concept, and the idea of us doing this, he said, I literally thought to myself, this is impossible. Like, there's literally no way, this is impossible. There's no way this could happen. But he said this, he said, but what I realised is if we just took one step after another, one step after another for five to six hours a day, that equals 32 kilometres. And then if we did that for 82 days, we would literally walk from Cairns to Stanthorpe, roughly 2,000 K. Yeah, he said this, he said, I would have thought that was absolutely impossible, but we did it, we did it. And it was literally one step at a time. You know, God's not calling you to do the, you know, the grand vision. You know, sometimes He lays things on your heart and you think, okay, oh, and you, and you see it and you think that's far too big, far too big. Even right now, if you're in a place where you're just like, I can't endure, I can't go on. It just seems way too overwhelming. But it's just one step at a time. And you know, the promise of God is this. He says, He says this in His Word. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's an extraordinary promise when you just feel like I'm done, I give up, I can't go on anymore. He says, no, I will empower you, I will help. He said, it's better that I go. It's better that I go because then I will send my helper. Patient endurance, don't quit. Don't give up. He's with you and He's calling you to persevere. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. It's powerful and I know, I know it's for some here tonight. It's a sense in which they know deep down you've called them to something and they just feel like, I don't know if I can take another step in this direction. But if you've called them, God, you'll empower them. And we just pray for that very thing right now. They know who they are and I just pray for your empowerment upon their lives, great God. Take another step, take another move forward, pray another prayer, join whatever it is you're calling them to join. Step into whatever they need to step into, great God, but just to keep patiently endure what you've called them to, great God. Our reward is not always necessarily here on earth, it's in heaven. We need a kingdom focus, a kingdom mindset to know this great God, to keep pressing forward. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll find in us a people that are willing, as James talks about here, a people that are willing to say, okay, God, I'm gonna keep going despite what it looks like, despite the circumstances, patiently enduring in the midst of this great God. I'm gonna do that. Staying focused on your kingdom and what you've called me to, great God. Patiently enduring, persevering. So Father, we thank You that You're with us. We thank You that You empower us. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. We're gonna stand and sing this song together. Feel free to jump up on your feet now. As we do that though, obviously this is really between you and God and you can just pray as we sing these words in this song, you can just pray, God, help me in this, whatever it might be. Just help me, empower me, help me in this and talk to Him about it. But I, I do wanna give an opportunity for you to be prayed for at all. If there's something that just, I don't know, just on your heart, no one else needs to know what it is, but if there's something you just know, I really need prayer for this area. And it may not even necessarily be feeling like, oh, I'm done, I quit. But it may just be a sense, I just need encouragement. Maybe it's just a bit of encouragement in something that God's called you to. And you just know, actually, I just, I just wanna get some prayer in this. And we would love to pray for you, it's so important. 
And so you feel free in this song, you can just come down and we'd love to pray for you in the front here. You can grab a seat in the front or just stand with us. Uh, But we'd love to pray for you, love to pray for you. But let's sing these words, worship and honour our great King. Yeah. 
right now where there is patient endurance. I thank you, Lord, that you are the greatest gift. And Lord, you will never let us down. And Lord, you are worth it, Lord. And though right now, Lord, for many people, they might feel helpless, Lord, I pray that they would be filled with the joy of the Lord because, Lord, it is worth it. You are the greatest treasure. And I pray tonight, Lord, though, though for some of us, we might be in a hard place right now thinking this is tough. I pray, Lord, that we would get a glimpse of your glory, get a glimpse of who you are, Lord, because you are worth it. And there is nothing greater to wait for than you, Lord. You are seriously the greatest. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that each and every one of us right now would get a glimpse of that, that it's actually a privilege to wait. And in the waiting, Lord, You are showing us more of who You are and You are being so patient with us, Lord. And I thank You for that. You are amazing, Lord. So let us encourage each other right now, Lord, that we are waiting for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in this time as we wait, we can learn to know You more and more and know Your love. In Your Name we pray. Amen. Feel free to take a seat. It has been awesome to have you at church tonight. As I said before, there is the Connections Lounge out the back there. There's some crew there that are actually waiting there, keen to meet you, keen to chat, get you into Connect connect Group. And then there is also our wicked good deal of our pizza and our hot chocolate. So feel free to grab that. Great to see you at church tonight. We'll see you around.